What is good, guys? It is your Boston Brits and the basketball ass himself, Josh Coyne. We are back for a brand new season of The Garden Party. And yeah, buzzed. Josh, how are you, mate? I'm really good, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that after a whole summer out, the unbelievably niche nickname has ma- managed to kind of last. And it's, it's, it's got legs. It's a strong one. Um, but more importantly, we're joined by a very special guest today, somebody I've spoken to on a number of occasions about basketball, about music, all sorts of things. She's now part of the Celtics family again by blood, which I guess means she bleeds green more than any of us, um, certainly any of us on this call. It's Anna Horford. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Excellent. Thank you. And uh, you're stateside at the moment? Yes, I am stateside um, back in Michigan. So, yeah, all is well. So we've got a lot to go through. I know that we have spoken before when you were previously part of the Celtics family. I know that you never fully left, um, but um, you've done a healthy run of podcasts, as I mentioned before the call, when Al re-signed in Boston. What were some of the questions that you were, you've had to answer most frequently since then? Um, so I'm just getting like, what's the vibe in the family right now? Like, how are you guys feeling? Um, and everyone knows who's like follows weird Celtics Twitter or follows me or my, um, brother Josh or sister Marie on Twitter that we, you're right. Like we never really left (laughs) the Celtics family. Um, so, so it's just been a lot of like, welcome back. How's the family feeling? Um, and what are you guys looking forward to the most? Uh, things like that. That takes my first question away then. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and have you have you felt as though the last few months you've had more of a license to be something of a kind of a guilt-free Celtics fan? Yeah, I mean, I suppose so. I feel like that's a loaded question. What do you mean guilt-free? Because I guess when uh, I was playing in Oklahoma, I was playing in Philadelphia, you still had a soft spot for the boys in green but now you can fully live free with it you know you can wear it on your sleeve yeah no it's really nice it was um very difficult um rooting for al like in philly and not because obviously like you're gonna support your sibling and like family comes first um but i just didn't like the environment I didn't like the way he fit in there I didn't like you know the fan base wasn't very welcoming and so um it was like kind of hard to be super supportive um but Oklahoma was amazing everyone was really great um and you know they didn't mind that we still had love for Boston and Oklahoma which was really really nice so we're we're just happy to be back we're happy to be home very strange scenario, obviously, whilst he was in Oklahoma, um, the last couple of years have been really weird. Did you manage to get to a game there? No, we didn't. Mm. Um, things with COVID were just way too crazy. Um, so we did not get to go to a game, but um, the fan base was awesome. And they were always just super welcoming and super supportive, um, like on Twitter and stuff. So the Oklahoma fans is much more of a kind of harmonious environment online than Philadelphia. Yeah, that's a really nice way to say it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I, I imagine you're quite excited for when the Celtics eventually play the Sixers, or is it the other side of things? Are you kind of dreading that part of things? I'm not looking forward to it, honestly, um, just because I think I'm going to have to like put my Twitter on private for a bit um, because Philly fans absolutely hate me. Like, I still get like weekly, just like, you suck. Or like we hate your family and like things like that in my mentions. I'm still getting it. Um, so I'm like, I think I'm gonna actually have like a lot of anxiety about it. Um, but I mean, last time Al was on the Celtics, Philly had a reason to be scared. So I think that we're gonna kind of see a repeat of that. Um, and we have so much talent on our team this year. Uh, I think our guys are really gonna surprise people. Boy, we gotta remember as well is that. You know, you haven't got Oklahoma behind you this time. You've got the boys in green behind you. So Celtics Twitter at the best of times are uh, very supportive of people. And obviously they've always shown you support as well and Al and everyone. So, I mean, I don't think there's any need to set your Instagram and your Twitter on private. I'm pretty sure Boston's got your back on it. So so what you're saying is going to be like one of those kind of fantasy films, maybe like Lord of the Rings, where even if the Sixers army do advance there will be a counter to that is that what you suggested that, that, that is exactly it so there'll always be a battering back i mean philadelphia is a pretty uh, toxic fan base and mm. we love to we love to wind them up we always do so it's always always a good crack not holding yeah. back i love Don't it hold back. never hold back i love i love the dorky lord of the rings reference too I was gonna yeah. be like, I mean, we're I like the chosen. we're like the riders of Rohan, and we're coming in, and we're like gonna destroy them. Hopefully, that's like the and goal. A, so. And I'm nothing but dorky, so that's <laughs> that, that's what you can come to expect from me. Um, the uh, the dust has obviously settled then now, because as I mentioned, it's been a few weeks. When, when did he sign? What month did he resign for Boston? I guess strange that's a good I think it was June. Yeah, it was it was pretty early in the in the, in the yeah. Season, I think it? it was like the end of June. So you've had some time for the dust to settle. Have you started to kind of formulate a plan as to kind of which games you think you might attend? Maybe some marks on the calendar. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, we're actually going to the first preseason game on uh, this coming Monday. Um, so me and uh, our little brother and sister will be there. And we're just going to come and support right away. And just, we're really looking forward to being back at TD Garden. It's like an environment and atmosphere that we've really missed. So, um, yeah, so we'll definitely go to that one. Um, And then we we're in the Midwest. So I know that doesn't mean much to you guys, but um, so we'll go to like see him obviously when he plays the Pistons and hopefully Chicago, Milwaukee, um, all of the Midwest teams. We usually try to go to, and um, yeah, there are definitely going to be games in Boston that we really want to see, probably um, Golden State and the Lakers. And so, yeah, we'll we'll have to see. I try to get out there at least once a month. So hopefully we can do that again this year. One thing I did want to ask, just because you mentioned them about your siblings, and I've spoken to both of them before, um, uh, especially Josh, who, by the way, if you haven't heard his instrumental hip hop, it's, it's getting good. So people should go out and check that out. Um, is that 
obviously you're the most public facing sibling right so you're the one i guess that gets aggregated in the blogs and you're the one who gets the online hate but is the passion as strong for them for uh, basketball itself and celtics fandom it's just not outwardly facing in the way it is for you yeah absolutely i think that i'm just vocal because that's just the kind of person i am and i can handle it and josh and maria are a bit more introverted and um josh will kind of go to the games and like maria and i will scream on the outside like just top of our lungs and you can like look over at josh and he's like screaming on the inside you know (laughs) so um so yeah he's he's definitely more introverted and then our older brother john is like um, always just like cool, calm and collected. And so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm the crazy one. I think you got that right. So, yeah. So just before we move on to Al and his fit in Boston and things like that, um, if anybody is from Boston itself is watching and I know Nathan has definitely got some a heavy Instagram following. So I know there will be someone. Um, you have an event coming up at the greatest, uh, the greatest bar yeah. in the North End. Well, just right by the TD Garden um, this weekend. Yes, it's on Saturday at three o'clock. Um, and it's with Kwani Lunas and Sherrod Blakely. And um, Josue Pavone is helping put it on from the CLNS Media Network. And it's just going to be basically be like a live um, podcast taping for my podcast and the A-list podcast um, that Sherrod and Kwani are on. And I'll be taking questions with people. I'll be t- taking shots with people if anyone wants to party, come party. Um, so it should be a really good time. We're really excited. I watched the ridiculous Patriots Super Bowl comeback at the greatest bar. So I can absolutely confirm that it is a wild night. Um just it's one of those yeah. ones where it's a sports bar and throughout the night you start to realize upper level is, oh, no, there's a club. And then, oh, no, there's an even bigger club. It's like a mm-hmm. it's, it's a crazy place. So if you if you yeah, are in I've, Boston, I've fallen up those stairs before, like, <laughs> uh, you know, how they have the- like a million. Yeah, I fell up the stairs, not even down the stairs. Yeah. And um, one of my friends picked me up and I was like, oh, my God, did anyone see that? And at least like 20 people saw it. and she was like oh my god no no one saw it and I, was, and I just I've been I haven't been back since I fell up the stairs so let's hope that that doesn't happen again I've only ever been there I've only ever been there sober because I don't drink so I've never been drunk right it's a really strange fact for someone who likes sports but yeah, wait so you're you're an you're an Englishman who doesn't drink that is correct that is correct wow that's a first for me meeting uh, someone yeah. <laughs> I mean, we are few and far between but uh i've only ever been to the obviously to the greatest bar sober and some of the sites that i've seen are pretty spectacular to be honest yeah yeah always a vibe in there yeah i also did also did live band karaoke there and there's a video that exists of that which will only continue to exist within my circle of friends because nobody needs to see that <laughs> Um, but, but we need to put that on the podcast, mate. We need to yeah. on on the video version of the podcast. No, 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 no. We, showing. You've you've called yourself out now. I have called myself out, but I trust my close circle of friends um, to not share me doing Rage Against the Machine in front of loads of people who you oh. can you can visibly see shaking their heads in disapproval. So <laughs> that's not a good thing. So let's move back to the actual subject. We are not the guests here. Um, we. Can, can you put into, just, just to summarise, 
Um, like I said, before we move on to Al's fit in Boston, to summarise, now that you're back, why your relationship uh, with the Boston fan base has been so much stronger maybe than it has with other fan bases in the past? I mean, I think a lot of it comes from the love and respect that we've been shown by a lot of people. Um, and, you know, people who really know the game of basketball appreciate a player like Al. So he might not put up 30 points a night, grab 15 rebounds a night, but he's constantly making plays. He's doing his part on defense, um, you know, and um, I guess they're going to be running the offense through Al this year. And I think that's really exciting. I think that's something Boston has missed is, um, you know, more playmakers. So I think um, that'll be great. But yeah, the city in general, just, I don't know what it is. I think our family was just meant to be here. Um, and I swear that we manifested Al coming back to Boston because it was just in all of our thoughts constantly. Um, and we just never knew it was going to happen, but we always wanted it to. Um, and it really ended up working out. Yeah, because a kind of a, an easy assumption to make would be that kind of um, the positivity around your family and our aligns with the form on the court. And if you look at the last few years, you could have an argument to that. But then, you know, if Atlanta were an unbelievable team. And yeah, it was Boston in which that kind of that love truly grew. So what, that, that's beautiful to hear. Um, but let's move on to actual basketball. You said that a lot of people have asked you about how your family feels. Um, for Al himself, when you spoke to him, was there, a, was there any kind of, kind of sense of relief to be back on his part? Definitely. I mean, like I said, I think we all kind of manifested his way back to Boston. And I think he called me first, like out of the family and was like, hey, guess what? And he just knows that that was like in my hopes and dreams. And he was like a child in a candy store when he called. He was so giddy. Like, and Al doesn't like show a ton of emotion. Like, and he was just so stoked, like very excited, very upbeat, very positive. So, um, so yeah. So that was one of the ones that where the news. So I assume if he called you, that means that it was one of the rare bits of basketball news that escaped reporters before it was officially announced or like he knew before the team knew, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, everything with basketball, it's very tricky. Like there's a lot that goes into it and you don't know anything is a sure thing until it's a sure thing. Right. So, so Yeah. Okay, cool. And do you know if he received much reaction from his teammates initially as soon as that was announced? I know that Rob Williams was full of extreme praise for your brother. Do, do you know anyone specifically who reached out that, you know, that we may not know? Um, I'm not sure who reached out directly, but I can imagine it was probably um, Jalen as well probably Jason. Um, so yeah, no, but I, I know everyone's like in really good spirits and excited to kind of have him back and have that presence back and stuff. So, um, and you could tell just like media day, everyone's interviews and stuff, everyone was just super geeked and excited. So that's really good to see because it finally feels like 
um, the Celtics are moving out of, you know, um, I think with, I don't want to like put my foot in it, but like talking about like Kyrie and stuff. Um, I think the team's image was kind of trying to like mend um, from like all of that. And there was like, there were a few storylines about, you know, um, it being like a toxic environment and stuff. And I think every guy is just excited to just start fresh this mm -hmm. season with teammates that they actually like really care about. And, you know, um, and everyone's just this, these guys want to play as a team. And I think that's really important um, as far as success goes and whatnot. So I think that'll show this season. Yeah, I, 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 to be fair, me and Josh have said this as well off camera. Like, you know, we both think that that's the case too. And obviously having Al back as a, as a vet, um, as a vet like mind and head and experience, you know, for the guys like Rob Williams and, um, you know, and Jalen and Jason as well. And yeah, I mean, it's as a, as a, as a Boston fan, obviously we're, we were super excited to, to, to get Al back. Um, and that's, we're not just saying that because you're on the podcast, but yeah, we, we've always loved Al. So uh, yeah, Sue, it's good. It's going to be, it's going to be a good season. We, you know, Brad, Brad has done a, I mean, Brad's done a pretty good job of going from having pretty much nothing to work with, you know, to bring in a team together, which I think, I think we've got, I think we've got a low key chance. Yeah, I agree. Well, okay, here we go. This, this year, uh, the positivity is through the roof. Um, so let's bring a slight change to that. There, there is a school of thought. Um, obviously, Anna, I have staked my flag on Al Horford Island a long time ago, but there is a school of thought that the version of Al that Boston has signed now is a lesser version than they had before the Sixers moved. So there's a kind of subculture of that opinion online based on the last few years. Do you have anything to say to the detractors that may feel that way? I mean, I think that Hit the first half of last season speaks for itself when you know OKC was playing well and Al was playing well his three-point percentage was up um, his playmaking ability is obviously very strong still and um, he did get to rest a lot last season which definitely I think helped as far as um, his body goes and his health and whatnot um, so I think he's going to come out with a bang this season and obviously um, by now Celtics fans know who Al is. And, um, like I said, he's not going to be putting up monster numbers, but then again, um, you know, playoff Al is a completely different player as well. Um, and I think that that's going to be the same as it has been every year he's been in the league, he's going to show up, he's going to do his job. Um, and he's going to produce for the team. So I think he's very anxious about proving people wrong in this season, and everyone, you know, harps um, on him about his age and stuff. But he, like, if you talk to him, he's like, I feel so good. Like, and I think that's going to show. I think, I think as well, I think as well, if you think about it, obviously with the with what happened with Philadelphia and then once he went to OKC and what happened, um, I think, will it play on his mind in the sense of, you know, the mentality that he loves Boston and he's coming back into an environment which he loves and obviously that's going to, I mean, if I was a player anyway, that would elevate me a little bit more knowing that I'm coming into a, an arena, um, you know, every other night where the fans love me, you know, I could have a bad game and they're still going to support me. And, you know, that must, do you think that's kind of going to elevate him 
in that sense as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I obviously don't want to put like words in his mouth or anything, but I think a lot of people, especially those who know Al as a player, could tell something was off in Philly. And I think something that a lot of people forget to take into account is um, mental health. And, you know, if you're not in a good environment and if you, you know, aren't gelling with your teammates or, or just anyone on your team in general, that's definitely going to show on the court. You see that with Ben Simmons right now. Um, Philly is just not a good place for him to be mentally. And I know a lot of people think he's being like a giant baby and stuff. And I'm not going to say anything bad about him. I'm friends with his sister. Like, um, I'm, I'm not going to say anything negative. I just do think people forget the whole mental health aspect of things. And if you are new to a team and you don't feel welcomed and you don't feel like, you know, the fans even want you to succeed, it's going to be really hard to play and produce for them. And I think that's what people need to remember. Al is still the player he was the last time he was on the Celtics. Um, He showed it in the first half of last season. And I think he'll show it even more this one. I think it goes to it goes to show, you know, with what's going on with Ben Simmons at the moment, just how toxic that franchise can be, and it is. So, uh, yeah. some fans, throwing shade at them. Throwing shade. Lakers in the seven yeah. always got to throw shade they're, at them when you can. <laughs> their fans are brutal. They really, really are, and um, obviously, they just they want Philly to win. I completely understand that, but you're impacting, you know, people wanting to play there or how well they play there. So. Mm, yeah. Well, we and Josh have had you know, this conversation, you know, numerous times where we obviously you watch them on, you watch, you know, you, whatever sport you're watching, you, you know, they are, I think people forget they're actual human beings. You, mm. you just think that they are, you know, they're these robots which can block out all of this abuse and block out all of the negativity and um, they only, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't work like that. And I think most people forget that's the case. So, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, it sounds like he's pumped. It sounds like he's ready. He's obviously been drinking his chocolate milk, um, which <laughs> really excites me. Um, has he, he? He has publicly mentioned that how you know he's incredibly excited to play with the Jays. Mentioned some of his former teammates that he's now joining in Boston, including Dennis uh, on media day. Uh, on media day, so. What kind of role do you see him having um, from a, not necessarily on the court, uh, but from a team leadership point of view? Will he be, because uh, it's actually not as young a team this year. We've actually kind of increased the, not just by Al on the average age, increased the veteran presence. Do you see him still maybe as a team dad in the way that he was before? Or do you not think that he will have to take that role anymore? No, I think he's still going to be the team dad. Team dad slash like fun uncle because I think he's so excited to be back. So you know how like your uncle lets you get away with like a little bit more. You can get like a little cheeky with them and like um, you're, you know, but I I still think he's going to be team dad when, and it's the same, like if you hear the young guys talk about him, it's like when Al speaks, we listen Um, because, you know, he just has everyone's best interests at heart. And I think that they all know that. So he's like the uncle who allows you, maybe sneaks your little hip flask of spirit or something at the party when you're not really meant to. Yeah, I think so. We'll see. Except in the playoffs. I feel like in the playoffs, he's going to be like strict dad mode. The hip flask goes away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right. we'll see. 
What, what about the fit with uh, Imi? So um, do you know much about the relationship with his new coach? Uh, obviously, they had a time together in Philadelphia. Um, what, what have you been able to gauge from his feeling towards uh, the new coach? Um, I think it's all good. I think it's good with like all the guys, not just Al. I think they all really like him. I think that they're looking forward to working with him. Um, I think Al's looking forward to working with him. And, um, you know, I think that they'll know how to use Al a bit better um, this season. So I think everyone just feels really great about everything so far. And do you have any thoughts on him as the kind of unequivocally the most handsome Celtics coach of all time? (laughs) That's funny. Um, He is very handsome. And I mean, he, he bagged Nia Long. So like, good for you, man. Um, Yeah. He's super handsome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's no coincidence. The Nia Nia Long thing is no coincidence. The guy is, the guy is a stud. Okay. Okay. Well, I think that's a suitably strange and lighthearted moment to end on. Uh, Anna, everybody go to the greatest bar this weekend, follow Anna, you, everyone knows your tags. Follow Anna mm-hmm. on Twitter. And uh, Anna, thank you very much for your time today. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> okay. Oh, and by the way, yep. keep, keep yep. working on the impressions. It, it was close. Oh. The Love Island stuff was close. It was, okay, we, should, it seems, I had oh, a... we should have done that. We should have asked. We should have oh. asked you to give us your best British accent. Hey, you know what? You, if, if you want, we can. St- you're still recording. We're still so. recording. So let's let's do it. I'll, so I'll, you can say. Wait. Okay. So give me a sentence to say, and I'll try to do my best British accent. You can do an intro to the podcast. So let's let's go. Okay. What we call it? The garden party. Intro? Do you want to do my intro? So I, I always say, "What's good, guys?" No, because that's quite American. Oh, that is. That is. Okay. What's what's typically British then? Right. Um, oh. uh, my name is Anna Horford. Welcome to the garden party. How about that? Okay, try. Okay, let's see if I can do it on the first try. I don't know. Okay, so my name is Anna Horford. Welcome to the garden party. Okay, all right. <clears throat> okay, my name is Anna Horford, and welcome to the garden party. Hey, that's, that's pretty that's, good. That's not bad. That is not it, bad. It veered into Australian South uh, South African territory Did it? at oh, the end. No. <laughs> but you know, it's strong though. It's strong. Wait, would, how, would, how would you say garden party? Garden party. I would say garden. Garden. Garden party. Garden. 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 Garden's perfect. So now party, maybe. Party. Party. Pa- that's, party. That's even posher. I love it. Okay, yeah. Well, if you're in Chelsea, if you're in Chelsea in London, you'd fit right in. You'd fit right that's, in. That's what my fiance says, is I have a bit of a snobbish sounding fake accent. So it was a fantastic effort. And thank you very much for being here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. See you later, guys. Oh, right, Josh, we're at that point where we just look into our, our guest list and our band list to our not yet begun garden party because uh, the season's not started. But anyway. Do you want me to go first on the guest list or do you want to go first? Hit me with who's top of your guest list to the garden party. Top of my guest list for the sole reason that there's been no basketball played yet, but Dennis Schroeder. Now, let me elaborate a little bit. Now, last I think it was last week or the week before, 
He put out a tweet because he he knew he trolled himself. Okay, that is the simplest way of putting it. He trolled himself uh, with the you see his post with the uh, best caption, and it was him. Obviously, the fact that he dropped the bag, and I mean, who doesn't fumbled it in phenomenal can, fashion? Yeah, who doesn't love a guy that can take the piss out of himself? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, he's got to be top of the guest list solely for that for solely for that reason. So, what about you? Well, I didn't think of that, but I co-signed that. That's fantastic. He, the way he did that, he was like, "Okay, let's get the jokes out of the way," and he gave all of the memes back to people. Uh, you know what? Respect to that. Uh, he, uh, I'm optimistic he's going to be a good Celtic and could end up being an unbelievable bargain. Actually, well, I'm not being um, funny. Think about yeah. it like this, right? People keep saying, "Oh, yeah, like you know, he's he's a, he's, he's a one year and done kind of guy." Who said? Who says that's the case? For one, and yeah, two, not necessarily. Two, think about his, he's going to, he's dropped the bag, right? He dropped the bag of LA. He is now, his level of performance, I can guarantee you Celtics fans, his level of performance is going to be up here. It's going to be through but, the roof. You're but that's, gonna... that, that's the issue though, isn't it? That, that people will think that if he overplays his value, he'll then become more valuable in the open market and often will lose him. So I think that's more, another side of the coin. In an ideal world, I guess Boston would like him to slip into a very, very, very good role player role, I suppose, so that he contributes really efficiently and solidly as like a punch off the bench, but Mm. maybe doesn't like find his way into the starting lineup or anything like that. I guess that's the ideal situation. That is the ideal. I I don't think it's going to play out that way. I think think he's going to come at it because, like you said, he he knows he's lost. He's lost out. So he's he's going to come hard this year, and he's going to. I mean, if he doesn't, I sound like an absolute tit. But he he's going to, he's going to come out this year. I can. Hey, he was offered that money for a reason. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but let's go to mine. So, my top of my guest list, I've got kind of one A and one B. Right. Um, firstly, I mean, I think the last time we talked, did we talk? Just look. This is very unprofessional behaviour. But did we talk around the time? Uh, Danny stepped down and Brad I think that was our last time that we spoke right when the, when last, the move the made last time we spoke yeah I think because we had we had to have a break from each other because we <laughs> I don't know I'm joking no we're not joking. personally we're joking, yeah. we're joking. yeah no we um you yeah, know I think that was the last time like we we messaged because obviously life's been hectic at the moment and no 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 I mean on the podcast on Did the podcast a... yeah yeah uh, no I think it was before that I think it was before that I think we I don't think we've spoken about that at all. I mean, that's 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 a whole other episode. We could probably do a whole episode on that, to be honest. Well, let, let, let me do a 1A, 1B, 1C then. Okay, um, roll, roll okay. it out now. Because that's how that's how invite lists work. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> so firstly, lifetime invite to Danny Ames for what he was able to achieve in Boston. Now that his time, probably for all time, is over in Boston. He's a legend for what he did with the title in 08 and he's a legend for what he did on the court with one of the greatest teams of all time. So Danny Ainge lifetime achievement award and invite to the garden party. I'm sure get? does he get a little like what's what's the trophy? What's the trophy? He, like? he gets our little version of the Larry O'Brien. Um but it's like is it Jeff uh, what's so we're called so yeah so it's the UK Celtics. So I guess he has like a little union jack bit on the top is it going to be like a little gold yeah or or, or something like that but anyway well just to commemorate what he left behind um (laughs) 
No, anyway, so, and then 1B, Brad Stevens, for the initial impact, talk about an impact player, Brad Stevens, he, out of nowhere, nobody expected that, we all were unbelievably shell-shocked by his move upstairs so early into his coaching career, it was like, okay, so he must really want to do it, and clearly he's proven the, sh- the first signs of being very, very adept to it. I mean, um, he's, done, he's done so well. He's, he's, he's got a really long good. road ahead. But he's used his experience working with guys like uh, Al, who we've just discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, he's used his n- knowledge of the roster and his uh, familiarity with the players that already exist and what they need. So he knows exactly what this team needed because he was the one lacking it last year. Um, and he's reacted to it fantastically. Um, seemingly drafted well from Summer League, um, got rid of the right young guys and kept the right young guys and brought in some further veteran experience as we mentioned at a reduced rate what so would you grade it? what would you grade what would you grade as what would you grade as oh as his off season well i guess so what um in the grand scheme of nba off seasons if you um, could think okay I, I could put it this way so i would grade it from a celtics point of view in the sense from celtics of, point of view you know from from the fact that you know he he, he got I love Kemba Walker, right? As a human, amazing guy, great guy. But it was oh, hard work loving him. It, oh, it, was, yeah. it was like, I, he's a great player, unbelievably talented, health is an issue, and, but it still felt like every night you were like, please, Kemba, like, please turn this around. But and it how, became quite exhausting to watch. It was, but how we got rid of that contract... To oh, me, man. that's a, that's that's an A right there. Like Brad Stevens' first offseason is an A. Like, so in Celtics history, if like 07 is an A plus, got me. Then let's go. This one is a B minus. Yes, and I'm buzzing was, about it. Oh, it's uh, that's great for a first offseason. Fantastic, oh, and he, and he's building around two guys that he knows from firsthand experience are absolute stars. And he's brought in some great vet players as well. Obviously, he's brought in Josh Richardson. One crazy trade, which I never saw coming, was Hernan Gomez. Don't know where that came from. Versatile, man. Yeah. Another another thing where, like, it's, it's one of those ones where you don't truly know um, how valuable guys are until you've either had them on your team contributing to your success or you've they've been a pain in the ass to you. I feel like his kind of versatility and all-round kind of effectiveness might have been something that Brad experienced. And he was like, you know what, in the right situation, in the way that he has done in the past when he was a coach and he was developing guys and he was able to kind of go, all right, okay. With alongside Danny, he was able to go, okay, I think we can maximise this guy's potential. So fingers crossed that happens, but he is a, he is a, a useful player. One C on the top of the guest list. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess third on the guest list. I don't know. There's no no order. It's 1A, 1B, 1C. Marcus Smart, um, this week he's been saying a lot about his new role as a primary point guard. Everyone's saying all the right stuff. Don't get me wrong. Um, but just want to show some more love from Marcus Smart, who we thought we were going to lose at one point last year. Um, he's, he's here. He signed up. Um, he talked about his new role as a kind of primary point guard um, and how he'll now be playing at his own pace and not forcing himself into situations 
because he felt like he needed to put an imprint on the game, which has happened in the past. There have been times where he's been forcing things and maybe trying to have like a leave a big fat Marcus Smart stamp on the game. And uh, I, I think if you can make that adjustment where he's playing and serving the team perfectly at his own pace, he'll be an inspired choice at the number one spot. Yeah, and that's that's one thing as well. I We were all panicked at the end of last season. We're like, oh no, Marcus is going to go. So to all of those Celtics fans, all of those rumour starters, all you media goons, like he wasn't going anywhere. Like Brad and Marcus have a good relationship, clearly. So all of that shite that you were talking about, the conflicts between Brad and Marcus is utter, utter shite. So... But also, but also media goons, if you'd like to join the, the uh, Garden Party <laughs> podcast, then feel free to join in and tell us uh, why you reported those stories. Um, should we move on to who we're uninvited? Yeah, let, let's do that. Um, I mean, uninvited. You can go first and uninvited. Let's okay. roll with yours. Do you have to uninvite people if you've already uninvited them in the past? Um... Well, yeah, I mean, if they've, say if they've got a haircut, they might look different. So they might need another mugshot on the wall. So, I mean, we can roll with it. Well, I guess sometimes you just need to reiterate or maybe update the band so, so it can go from like a season-long band to a lifetime band or whatever. Well, we've, 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 let's just put it this way. We've redecorated the garden. Yeah, okay, the right. Yeah. So we need fresh new pictures of people it, we do it, not want there. It's under new management. <laughs> okay, well... Um, it's quite simple. I'm going to sound like a broken record. I've said it many times. Uh, Kyrie Irving is uninvited from the garden party. I can imagine everyone, everyone right now going, oh, this fucking Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I know we don't need to. I, I, I tried to ban myself from even talking about the guy. I, I muted him for a while, but um, I guess just to have your finger on the pulse and an idea of the zeitgeist around the league, you need to know that. Kyrie Irving is a consistently um, uh, catalyst for negativity uh, and it's starting to show with his team. Don't get me wrong, I mean in basketball-related activity. He's a good and philanthropic person and his heart is absolutely in the right place in many ways. Kyrie Irving, the man, fine. Do your business. But... If he doesn't play half of his home games this year, not only is it fantastic, but it is daylight. Rob, I mean, I know that they've said that they, they won't pay players if they only are available for half of their. So it'll be interesting to see how many minds have changed all of a sudden now that that ruling is being suggested. Well, yeah, Ky- Kyrie Irving, fine, live your life. Um, show up to half of your team's basketball games, that's fine, but you're not coming to the garden party, much to your chagrin. Uh, well, I mean, I can't really top that, to be honest. I mean, that's kind of a similar route that I was going to go down as well. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think he's, um, he's, he's, yeah, he's a strange individual, basketball terms, on the court, unbelievable. But if the Brooklyn Nets are going to have to uh, try and recoup, I mean, they're not going to pay him, you said, didn't they? So, I mean, if they did have to repay him, you know, pay him and then try and recoup some of that money, then... They would have to uh, obviously do some uh, like they did last season with their tickets, and mm. uh, try and try and uh, use James Harden to uh, purchase tickets for people, wasn't it, or something like that? So. Yeah, yeah. I actually looked at that earlier on today because 
I thought there was some good meme potential from it because I thought the the idea of a video of James Harden begging people to come to an arena would have been able to be taken out of context for begging Kyrie to come to the arena, but it didn't happen. Um, and final point, because I feel like I put my foot in it a little bit, um, uh, <laughs> your own personal health choices are your choice, um, but you do have to pay the consequences if you don't want to protect yourself and others um, and science and or trust science. Um, it of course shouldn't be forced upon anybody, um, but you do need to sacrifice some things if you're not willing to comply to a league's ruling. And it's as simple as that. Um, I guess I've, I guess I've from a moment there momentarily thought I was speaking directly to Kyrie Irving, which I'm not. So let's move on to the final thoughts of the podcast. Well, it's exactly that, to be honest. I mean, like, like you said, health can't be forced on anyone but I mean I've had my double jabbed and I'm now pissing fluorescent green stuff so I mean I'm wasn't that great. that was happened before <laughs> you bleed green <laughs> you, you pee green <laughs> hashtag pee green hashtag pee green oh no that's good no we can't that's gonna be our new hashtag now we're gonna have to put it on every single post hashtag hey look everyone's bleeding green we need to differentiate ourselves somehow um Straight I do hashtag. yeah I do have a final thought, um, and that is that uh, basketball is a proper saving grace, isn't it? Because as somebody who really doesn't appreciate the the transition from summer to autumn or fall for any American listeners or watchers, mm-hmm. um, I we should have asked Anna if she's saying autumn or fall. Anyway, I would... Uh, I think it's full. I think it's full. Every American I spoke to is always full, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but she might be changing. She's seen the light. <laughs> I would absolutely dread this time of year uh, most of the time because it's just de- depressing, isn't it? Um, but the saving grace is that we're on the precipice of a new NBA season, a new Boston Celtics season, and positivity is in the air, um, unlike the majority of our podcast last year. I'll tell you what, I am praying, right? None, if any of the players would ever, ever listen to this podcast, please give me and Josh, uh, you know, some excitement. I mean, we went through a stage of, what was it, like three or four weeks where we lost pretty much almost every game. And it was hard going. It was hard going. But there was, like a, you lot said, of, there was a lot of Jeff Teague, man. <laughs> like you said, Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague's got a chip before Jason Tatum. This... This is not. This is not on. This is not on. But anyway, what, what was this? What was his? It's been a long time since the last season. What was his burner account? It's like Mark. Mark. Yeah, Demarco. Demarco, wasn't it? Demarco won, and he just kept like retweeting his own tweets and stuff. What a weird guy. In a way, that made me like him more. He was. He was really leading into it. Anyway. But yeah, no, like you said positivity all around this season I mean I'm really excited to see what this team can do I think we've improved massively on both ends of the court especially on the defensive side which is exactly what we needed like you said earlier we got rid of the uh, right pieces you know in unfortunately I'm going to say it but Carson Edwards I think you know he just didn't reach that potential um and hopefully someone signs him up and he gets a shot with another team. But yeah, I am super, super positive about this season. I said on another podcast that I think Eastern Conference semifinals, 
for me personally would be a great achievement this year uh well, obviously we want to win it obviously we want to go all the way i want the lakers in the final man but I'm saying Eastern Conference Finals. Pick up the yeah. momentum. Pretend that last year didn't happen. Or the, you know, pretend that last year didn't happen. Pick up the momentum from the last four or five years that have been picking up under Brad. And let's take it the next step. It would be a difficult ask from Udoka's first ever season. But um, you got to remember as well, you got to remember as well, it's like, so Celtics fans, in the first few games of the season, if we do lose them, don't smack your panic buttons, which we tend to do very quickly. Yeah, I, I felt like last year I was constantly fanning down the uh, the hysteria whenever we'd have a loss, you know. The panic was bad. But then, you know what? A lot of people ended up getting vindicated because it was a bit of a shit show. But I mean, we, we sounded silly because we kept saying, don't worry, guys, it's coming, it's coming. Oh, yeah, it's coming. I mean, it did get better from where it was at that point. You know, the Evan Fournier train was rolling, but the injury to Jalen was just too much. Yeah. But uh, let's one more thing that you need. We need to discuss, and we haven't discussed this offline, so yeah. this is uh, dangerous territory. But am I right in saying that on this very channel or on this very platform, there will be some Josh Coin versus Nathan Mundy uh, NBA Two K content? Yeah, that is it. That is the thing. Now we are. We're going to trial it. I think we should trial it because I always tend, I don't know about you, but I, I find it so hard to talk while I'm gaming mm-hmm. because I concentrate so hard. I'm the kind of guy, do you know when you see the memes where, you know, the guy leans forward, that that, that is me and I just go silent. But I think, I think we need to do it. And I think we should get some guests on as well. I think we need to run in the park, uh, bit of 2K, me and you doing a podcast with a couple of the guests. I know Adam LaFondra is going to come back on. Um, as well, even though he is a Dallas Mavericks fan, but he loves 2K and he loves talking shit. So we we were definitely going to have Adam LaFondra back on. And I was going to say some of the other guests we're going to have on, but no, I'm going to keep it. We're going to keep it down. But we've got some insane guests coming on the podcast and you guys definitely don't want to miss it. So make sure you obviously subscribe and hit the notification buttons because me and Josh, we're going to be more consistent this year. Partly that's my fault last year but we're going to be more consistent. We're going to put out an episode every week so you can uh, listen to on your lunchtime or if your missus is doing your nutting or if your husband's doing your nutting. So we don't, we don't know who listens. So it's going to I be love that. Episode. I love that kind of correction, that qualifying of both. Any, any gender can be incredibly annoying. Yes, I'm, glad, you know, I'm glad you corrected it. But it's, Even your uh, dog, hilarious. if your dog's pissing you off. Just come and listen to the podcast. Like, okay. Well, just try not to get bit pissed off and just subscribe to the YouTube channel. I mean, that, that was a simpler way of saying it. To yes. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, yeah, no, so we are going to set up a dedicated YouTube channel for these episodes as well. Um, so whether this one goes out as a video episode, not 100% sure yet, but r- the rest of the season, everything will be going out as a video. So make sure you... Uh, watch out for mine and Josh's uh, socials because we'll we'll tell you exactly where to follow when that happens. So yeah, guys, I mean, Josh, that was the the first episode back. I think we've, we've covered quite a bit to be honest. And I think it's a long episode. So hopefully the people are still awake. Uh, I think they probably dozed off when we mentioned Kyrie or Jeff Teague, to be honest. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to uh, 
listening to Anna as well and getting a bit of an insight from the Horford family. It was, uh, yeah, it was awesome to have her on. And Josh, once again, man, have you got anything to say before we leave, before I send us on our way? Not really. I just reiterate my uh, final thoughts, positivity, and thank you to Anna for joining us. Yeah, there we go, guys. Obviously, like we said, remember to like, subscribe, share, do anything you can for the pod. It's ever going to help me and Josh. And yeah, welcome back, the basketball ass. <laughs> we, we're back. We're back. So every week, I'm going to be putting out an episode. But until next time, see you later, guys. Peace.